0: hey everybody and welcome to another episode of lunch with pb and J and studying the book of Ephesians. Hmm. Um, if you have not already done it you need to follow us however you're watching or listening make sure you follow us uh, share this episode with somebody i'm super excited about chapter three it was good it was super good and uh we're gonna cut it up into two weeks again as, as we've been doing just so that way we can kind of get into the meaty portions of it and yep. really say what needs to be said and uh, both weeks are really good this week as you saw maybe at the title i don't know if you look at the titles or not i hope you do because i put a lot of thought into <laughs> the titles each week this one is, i have a secret Ooh. all right so uh that's what we're talking about but yeah share this episode with somebody share the podcast we strive to be the best podcast nobody's <laughs> ever heard of uh, someday we'd like to be the best podcast people have heard. Of. Pat,
1: podcast.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thanks for pointing it out. I was just gonna let it go. I gotta keep him
1: humble.
0: We don't edit these things, in case you haven't noticed. But um, okay, so are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Start. Chapter yeah. three. Chapter
0: three. Just as a little, Paul is talking about bringing uh, about God bringing salvation to the Gentiles as well as the Jews, right. and He did mm-hmm. that through Jesus. So that's kind of. The Context of where we are, if you didn't, uh, if you forgot from last week, and then we'll just flow right into verse one. It says, When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles, dot, dot, dot.
1: <laughs> Do you stop there?
0: Uh, I'm stopping there. Okay, me too. Yeah, okay. well, you have to. I mean, there's a pause there. <laughs> dun,
1: dun, dun. It's like
0: he just, like, it's kind of funny because it's, that it's is funny literally... funny that there's dots. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's probably not like that in, like, the Greek. I don't know if the Greek did the same <laughs> little dot, dot, dot. Itself. I thought
1: that was just texting.
0: Yeah. Um, but anyway, there it is. And it it really is almost like Paul just got sidetracked. Mm-hmm. I feel this is what? This made me like Paul more than I ever have before. Yeah. Because he just reminded me of myself there. You're in the middle of a thought, and you're just like, oh, look, a squirrel.
1: I find that, like, whatever he calls himself has meaning to it. Yes. There's a reason he's calling himself something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you want me? Okay. Yeah, go for it. So, yeah, I got I stopped on that when he calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Because, again, like, I think we, we covered this at some point. He's in prison or house mm-hmm. arrest right now in Rome. And so, I, like, he could have said, you know, Paul, a prisoner of Rome. Right. But instead, he said call a prisoner of Jesus Christ or Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And I think that speaks huge because I felt like it's like it's showing this um, thing of like God's in control. I'm a prisoner, not yeah. of Rome, not of this crazy situation I'm in. I'm not a prisoner of, you know, uh, the suffering. I mean, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And like the word prisoner means one bound. Mm-mm. So it's this Mm-mm. thing of like he's bound to something. Right. And in the physical, if you were to look at him with your eyes, you'd say, okay, you're, you're a prisoner in Rome. But he's letting us know, no, 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 Rome's not in control. Mm-hmm. This prison's not in control. My circumstances are in there. Jesus Christ is in control, right? So that's yeah. the way I saw that is him calling himself a prisoner um, is showing that he is bound to God and God's the one in control of the situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. So just as a a little side note with that, the reason for the dot, dot, dot is legitimately he has a side thought.
1: Okay. Um,
0: It is because this verse is actually completed in verse 14, this thought. So if you look at verse 1, it says, when I think of all this, I, Paul, and then it's the dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And then if you go to verse 14, it says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray. He completes the thought that he starts in verse 1. This is literally everything we're going to read these next 12 verses are literally a side thought. Right. And what's even more You do like
1: him, don't you? Because do. you're like really rabbit
0: <laughs> Let's chase some rabbits, everyone.
1: As long as you come back. I I, he
0: comes back. See? I'm <laughs> learning from Paul. Um but what's also interesting about this is in the original Greek language, these twelve verses or so mm-hmm. are actually one gigantic run-on sentence. Ooh. So when it got translated into English, they put in periods mm-hmm. and sentences and structured it differently. But it's actually one complete thought. So it's literally like you're talking to somebody and they go, you know, when I when I think about all these things, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus for the benefit of the Gentiles, just real quick, I say, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> like, and just, that's literally what he's doing
1: here, yeah. but in written form. Is it you that hates long sentences? Or- I can't stand okay, long sentences. Yeah. yeah. When Isaac writes reports, uh, Ben critiques yeah. him on, you need to... You need to put some periods in. You I just feel like there shouldn't commas. be more
0: than two or three commas in a sentence. And Isaac tends to write a lot more than that. So, but but what I thought was interesting is this, is he pauses and mm-hmm. it's almost because as you see what we're going to talk about here in the next mm-hmm. few verses, it's almost kind of a recap of stuff he's already talked about. Right. And so the fact that he pauses and go change it, like shifts gears and goes into a side thought. Yeah. It's almost the the impression, this is my hot take on it, okay? I should start... We'll start calling these segments hot takes, (laughs) hot takes by PB. Um, My hot take on it is literally like, it's almost like he's overwhelmed by the information. He's overwhelmed by the thought that he's about to share. And I can just understand that while you're writing, you're
1: just like more is coming to you.
0: Yeah. It's not like he had like, you know, a computer Mm -hmm. and could just edit his text. Like he's writing, right? Right. Or he's dictating it actually. And, and it's, so he couldn't really go back. So it's just like, you know what, just put some dots in there. We'll come back to this in a second.
1: And the part where he says, I'm a prisoner of Christ for the benefit of you Gentiles, like that's mm-hmm. significant too, because again, we're we're seeing here that this, um, what he's been talking about, salvation is for the Gentiles, right? Yeah. yeah. And the reason he gets put in prison is because he's reaching out to these Gentiles mm-hmm. and the Jewish people don't like it.
0: Right. So he's already unpopular because of his message of Jesus. Yeah. But now he's just, it goes to a whole nother level because he's bringing the fact that hey you as gentiles can be one with god right. and that's making the religious leaders even more upset right and so they convince the roman government that he's committing treason and that's the reason that they go and arrest him is that he's he's trying to get people to not serve or not respect mm-hmm. caesar and so that's I think that's the story's an in acts there. right and so yes yeah. it's it's, it, it's- because the, the whole end part of Acts, if you don't know, if you go back and read like the last few chapters of Acts, is Paul's journey. God promised him that he would go to Rome and preach the gospel. He just can't get there for whatever reason. And then what happens is he gets arrested and they keep transferring him from one court to another court to another yeah. court because nobody wants to make a decision on and, him.
1: And higher court,
0: higher, higher, higher and maybe. higher yeah. until he ends up in Rome under house arrest for about three years. Yeah and during those 3 years he writes these letters right. he preaches the gospel to everybody that comes in and it's 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 really quite a fascinating turn of events mm-hmm. that God just orchestrates Paul's imprisonment for a purpose mm-hmm. so but that's another podcast for another day all right so verse 2 says uh, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you gentiles As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. So again, um, he's just kind of shifting gears. and, and, And again, the sense that I got was just this overwhelm, being overwhelmed by the information that he's about to give here. Yeah. And while it is a bit of a, a a recap of everything that he's talking about, um this idea of that he's doing it for the benefit of the Gentiles mm-hmm. is super important. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the most important part because this is the secret. Yeah.
1: This, this is, is the, the great, great mystery, mystery
0: right. that he's talking about. So some translate this translation says mystery. Other translations say the great secret or mm-hmm. mystery that's revealed in this. And um, and 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 again, the side thought is to let them, let them all know, hey guys, don't worry about me being in prison because I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. And so it's this really cool kind of um, revelation again to just to just set them up for what's mm-hmm. going to come.
1: Yeah, and it, like I, again, sometimes we have to understand. So if you were to say, oh, what's the great mystery? Yes, we can all be saved. Mm -hmm. Like, we kind of gloss over that, I think, now, this many years later. We just think, okay, you know, that's great. Yeah. But we have to go back and understand, like, this was mind-blowing. Yeah. This was um, God revealing something new, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why there was such an uproar about it. I think you have to go back to that mindset of, um, don't just gloss over it because, hey, you're saved now. And, you know.
0: Yeah, which is what, again, that's what this whole side thought is. Yeah. Which Paul's like, you know, I'm here for you Gentiles. And, man, guys, do you even realize how big a deal this is? Yeah. Like, that's almost what he's saying right. here. Because God has revealed this great mystery that the old generation, mm-hmm. and when he says old generations, he's talking about those Old Testament yeah. Jewish believers. Like, they didn't understand what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so what is this great mystery, he goes now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, just the transition into verse 6.
1: And I think, too, like it's... Um... I can apply this to my own life because sometimes when I don't exactly know every single thing that God wants to do in my life or God is going to do, he may ha- have given me a promise of something that I'm holding on to, but I have no idea how it's going to be fulfilled. Yeah. right. And I think it's like these Old Testament prophets had to trust God that he was going to fulfill his promise and he was going to you know, save mankind. He was going to save... And they had to trust, even though they didn't understand how that was going to come about. about, Yeah. You know? And so I think that for us, like God's timing is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, You can read this and think, well, why would God keep all this a secret? Because it wasn't time yet. Right. And so God's timing is perfect and not just for his big plan, but also for his plan for our lives. Like his timing, what he wants to do in our life is perfect. And so that's why there's just a lot of trust.
0: There is. That has to happen. Yeah. And so, you know, what is this big secret, this big revelation that God didn't reveal to these generations, but now by His Spirit, He is revealing? Mm-hmm. We go into verse 6. And this is God's plan. So here it comes, everybody. <laughs> Psst, I got a secret. Here's secret. I want to share the secret. Here it is. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news share equally mm-hmm. in the riches inherited by God's children. Mm-hmm. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Mm-hmm. So here's the secret. It's not just... See, again, like Joy said, we sit here 2,000 years later and go, well, yeah, we, we get it. Like yeah. The gospel is for everybody. It's not just for the Jews. In fact... You know, it's like the Jews and there are a lot of most of the Jewish people are still missing it. Yeah. And so it's we look at it as I think sometimes we look at it as no, it's more for the Gentiles yeah. than it is the Jews. That's
1: a good point because it's almost like we've lost fact. We've lost the fact that the Jews are God's people yeah. He's can save them.
0: And this was the, the spreading of the gospel was to be to the Jew first and then the Gentile. Yeah. And so this is again, Paul's like, but here's the mind blowing part. I think this is the mind blowing part is God's plan. Was that not just simply that the Gentiles would be welcomed, mm-hmm. and that salvation would be for them?
1: Because that happened from time to time in the Old Testament.
0: Right. There's evidences, and we've talked about it on the podcast before. There's evidences. There's examples. Uh, just we just went through Ruth, Ruth, right? So Ruth was an example of a Gentile um, becoming a believer in God, mm-hmm. and so we see that that wasn't that wasn't new news. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was new? Was the fact that they would be equal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were no longer outcasts. Yeah. They were no longer like second rate, second class Christians or yeah. second class people of God. Mm-hmm. They weren't. No offense. Listen, I got two redheads. They were not the redheaded stepchild <laughs> in the family oh. of God. Yeah. All right. They were not the redheaded stepchild in the family of God. They were children of God. Yeah. And they were equal with the Jewish people.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is what was mind blowing. Yes. And it goes and it speaks Paul when he wrote to the Romans and, and when he wrote the letter to the Romans it really was the whole kind of the the underlying purpose behind the book of Romans was to establish that the Jews and the Gentiles were equal mm-hmm. and that they were to be united in their belief of Jesus mm-hmm. and uh, so looking at Romans 8 verse 17 it says and since we are his children we are his heirs in fact together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Mm-hmm. And so Paul was reiterating this point over and over and over again, is that, listen, if we're going to welcome them, if they're a, if they're able to become children of God, then they're equal with you. Right. And that was to the Jews. Right. And then I think the other message to the Gentiles was the Jews have suffered for generations. And if you're going to be part of the family of God, just understand that there, you're going to share in the suffering. If you're going to share in the good, you're going to share in the right. bad. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was a message to both yeah. that they are they're they're equal. Yeah. And and there's going to be good I, and bad things I, with Just that. as
1: you're talking, I'm thinking about stories where, you know, I think like Paul gets in trouble by some of the Jewish leaders because he brings in one of his, um, you know, disciples that he's mentoring, yeah. and he brings them into the uh, the, temple, the temple, or they say he brings them to temple or something, but they just lose their mind because it's like mm-hmm. no. You know, you're allowed to do this, but not this. Mm-hmm. So this just shows God is giving equality. God yeah. is giving everything that he has to offer. Yeah. The
0: only prerequisite to this group is that they believe in the good news. Yes. And the good news we is Jesus. We can't
1: miss that part, yeah. right? And yeah. I know we take that for granted. Of course you will. No, that's how you get into his family is mm-hmm. belief and faith in him.
0: Yeah. And so I, th- I think it's just important to point out that this was... The mystery was not that, again, was not that the Gentiles could be saved. It was that they would be equal. There were, so I have in Isaiah 49, verse six. um, I'm not prepared. (laughs) Let me look it up for you real quick. Isaiah 49, verse six says, um, he says, so this is a prophecy about Jesus. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Right. So it was prophesied in Isaiah right. that Jesus, the Messiah, who later we find out is Jesus. Yeah. It was prophesied in Isaiah that when the Messiah comes, he would also bring salvation to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So that was not the new news. Mm-hmm. But I, think, I don't think we can fully comprehend or understand. I think we under underestimate. Yeah. I wrote this word down. The profoundness. <laughs> yeah. You want to give me that one? Alright. Yeah, I'll give you that one. All right. Don't underestimate the profoundness of this news. Right. These were two groups of people that had been separated for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And now here comes Paul and the apostles.
1: And not just separate, but
0: hostility. Hostility yeah. between these two groups of people for thousands of years. Literally since the beginning of time almost. There's been hostility between these two groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles. And now Paul is coming in and saying, hey, I've got a secret. (laughs) In Jesus, Mm -hmm. he's united us. Mm -hmm. We are one. Mm -hmm. We are one. There is no higher or lower. We are one. If you believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, you are one because the Jews needed to be brought out of the religious state yeah. and the Gentiles need to be brought out of their pagan state. Yeah, And so together they would come under one belief, and that was in Jesus as the Savior for all. Right. And in that belief, they are equal. Right, And this was massive. Yeah. This was a massive, massive turn mm-hmm. of events. And we have to look church.
1: at how big that is for us today. Even, yeah. even though it may be old news to us, we have to understand how huge that is. Mm-hmm. That like, I I just I've been reading Ephesians, going, oh God, like this is about yeah. me, right?
0: Yeah. So. And so, uh, just a real quick side, kind of my own side note, my mm-hmm. own dot 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 here. So my own little personal application, because you know the secret was revealed to him and others. So mm-hmm. Paul says, like this this revel, this is this is a secret that is being revealed by God, yeah. by the Spirit of God to Paul and the other apostles. And there, there would be some that would take this, and say, "Well, see, this is evidence that you know we can change the word of God and say that I have a revelation. There's God is saying a new thing today." And there are people that call themselves prophets today, and they're—I'm going to say—call them what they are. They're false, false prophets. prophets. There are false prophets today that say, "Well, God has given me a revelation," and they would point to a passage of Scripture like this and say, "Look." For generations it had been one way, but then Paul came and God revealed a mystery, a secret to him mm-hmm. that he had not revealed to the generations before. And there would be some that would take this out of context. Yeah. And so the context that I think is important that we we sit here or that we put here is that Paul didn't have an issue with with um, have an issue believing anyone could come to Christ or in welcoming anyone to the faith. It was just that you had to believe. Mm-hmm. You had to believe in Jesus, and we need to understand the equality of the gospel, and that's what's being established here. But also the fact that um, Jesus, Jesus was the center of it, and He wasn't changing anything.
1: Right. He wasn't
0: like, changing the of As heart you're talking God that, too, yeah. I
1: was thinking like this fulfills the Old Testament. Right. Nothing contra Nothing He's saying contradicts the Old
0: Testament. Yes.
1: You know, and that's important when someone gives a word of prophecy. You better, you do better line up yeah. with all of the scripture.
0: And so I think it's important for us to look at this and go, you know, because sometimes I think we can look at people that come out of a different, even religious background. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's animosity between Christians and, say, a Muslim or a Hindu and a and just go, well, there's no way they could ever be mm-hmm. saved. No, mm-hmm. you have to understand. Again, you have to understand the animosity between the Jews right. and the Gentiles. Right. And so it was not like the Jews were just going to welcome the Gentiles with arms wide open. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the Gentiles were like just running headfirst into you know the Jews' arms. It was there's a lot of hostility and tensions and, and things that were there. Yeah. And so they both looked down on each other. Yeah. That's what was amazing, is they both looked down on each yeah. other. And so I think it needs to be a lesson to us that if somebody comes and they say, Listen, I believe in the gospel, that literally anyone can be saved. Mm-hmm. Anyone can be saved. Mm-hmm. Anyone can turn from their wicked ways, anyone can turn from a pagan religion, a false religion occult anything yeah. they can turn and if they believe in Jesus they are now equal with us right yeah they are at one with
1: us and it doesn't right. matter if they've lived a Christian life for 20 years or 20 seconds yeah <laughs> so before you go on though yes. so the verse 7 it says by God's grace and mighty power I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news so I got kind of stuck on that because it was like, just the way that Paul viewed serving God, mm-hmm. so he says, "I've been, I have been given." So he he tells us this mystery that he's been given that God reveals this to him, and then he's like, "You know, I have been given this um, this message, and it's a privilege. Yeah. It's a privilege to serve God." And so, it just I just wrote down like, "How do I view serving God?" Mm-hmm. Because he had such a, um, he, he just had such a understanding. Hey, this is from God. And, and maybe, maybe it was because of his background and where he came out of that he had such a, thank you God that you're even using me, you know, I don't know, but it's just like, I think we have to ask ourselves that because we have to say, you know, when I serve God, when I volunteer in church, when I serve my family, when I, anything that you're doing, when I share my testimony, when I, when I, um, anything that is serving God, how do you view it? Is it a chore to you? Is it something that's done out of tradition because this is just something? Or does it come from a place of like love and dedication and like, man, like I'm privileged, I get to do this. Right. I'm privileged to do this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he he goes on, he says it in the next verse. He says, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret yeah. from the beginning.
1: You see his humility.
0: You see his humility. but you, And I think you also, you see Paul, why Paul was the perfect pick. Mm-hmm. Because Paul was, um, he was a, he was part of the religious leaders before he became a Christian. So he had been educated in all those things. But Paul was also a Roman citizen. And so he really, he lived on both sides of the fence Yeah. before he was a Christian. He lived on both sides of the fence. So now here he is and God's going, I'm choosing you, you. Yeah. to bring this message because I believe Paul was uniquely qualified mm-hmm. to speak to both mm-hmm. and to bring those two together.
1: When I think we have to, this kind of goes back a little bit, but I feel like it fits here too. It, you know, in verse two, it says, Um, assuming by the way that, you know, God gave me a special responsibility to extend this grace. Like he's humble in his calling and he knows I have a special responsibility to reach these Gentiles. And what's interesting, he actually has this heart to reach the Gentiles. So it will actually make the Jewish people jealous.
0: Right. So
1: they will say, you know, so it's kind of this twofold calling that he has. It wasn't that he was only reaching the Gentiles. He was also reaching the Jews. But I just loved that word special responsibility. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, you know, again, how do we feel about serving God, the calling that he's put on our life? Are we humble but confident in the calling? You know, do we recognize that we have a special responsibility to the people around us? I have a special responsibility as a mother of five kids mm-hmm. to reach those kids, you know. Um, and so you as a pastor, you have a special responsibility to the people around you. So it's just like, what do we? How do we view serving God? Right? Are we all in, mm-hmm. or is it like, oh, I got to do this? You yeah. know?
0: Yeah. yeah. I love too. He said um, in verse nine, "I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I love that idea. He kept it secret from the beginning because what this tells us is that while it was a new revelation to them,
1: yeah,
0: it was old news to God. Mm-hmm. Like this is just he something, already knew. This is literally like God going. Psst,
1: yeah. I have a secret. Yeah.
0: And now I want to tell you
1: what it is. Yeah.
0: You know he's had it from the beginning, and it just shows us once again. It shows us what is happening was always God's plan. Mm-hmm. I talked about it on Sunday at our church here, <clears throat> of just Jesus going to the cross was the deliberate plan. Mm-hmm. The deliberate plan. It was done by the deliberate plan and foreknowledge of God that he would be turned over right. to the people. And so it just shows that this was always God's plan. Jesus was always the plan. Mm -hmm. Salvation was always the plan. The Jews and Gentiles was always Mm -hmm. the plan. And it had been from the very beginning. It was just God was kind of keeping that card in his back pocket. At the right time. And at the right time it came out. And again, I just say it again. This is, I think it's just so important for us to understand when it comes to talking about revealing god revealing things that it uh, i just i don't know this was my hot take on on reading through this is just uh, there's so many people today i feel like just want to twist the words of god and call it a revelation Mm -hmm. you know there's there there's people that are saying you know it's it it, god's revealing to them that he's changed the way that he thinks about sexuality he changed the way that he thinks about um marriage he's changed the way he thinks about this he's changed the way he thinks about that that all these things have changed in the bible and god is unchanging right and so do i believe that god still gives revelation i do now i will speak as a pastor here that i read the bible and i prepare prepare sermons on a weekly basis and there's times where i read it and i'm like oh my goodness that's a revelation from god i've never (laughs) seen this before and i gotta be honest with you nine times out of ten within a couple of weeks it's like god just wants to Pop that bubble real quick and go. Listen, you're you're special because you're my kid, mm-hmm. but you're not that special, all right. And it's like within a couple of weeks, I'll just be flipping through yeah. something, I'll be listening to another podcast, I'll read be read your
1: commentary, look into an
0: old sermon or something like that, and I see somebody else has already had that thought. I'm like, wow, it was a revelation to me, <laughs> yeah, but it was not necessarily a revelation of scripture. But you know?
1: I even think that that speaks to as we read our Bibles, He will reveal to us absolutely. Um the meaning but it's this thing again it's not that it's new it's this thing if it's new for us and we're going to grow and learn
0: and i think we just need to be guarded against anybody that comes and says i have a revelation from god and i think it, it goes to again that verse that talks about testing the prophets. yeah and here's how we test the prophets god has given us his word we believe that it's inspired by god breathed by the holy spirit you know and and um what it says is the word of God. Right. And God will not contradict himself. Right. So if somebody speaks and says that they have a revelation from God that goes against what's already written down in scripture, right. that is not a revelation from God. That is an opinion. <laughs> All right. That is a, this is what I want it to be. Yeah. And so and I, I think it's important to look at this, this idea, because there would have been, I'm sure there were some Jews. This is why Peter or Paul was in prison. Mm-hmm. There were some Jews that said, Paul is out a lie. Mm-hmm. And the gospel, God is not for the Gentiles. He's for us. We're his people. And so, but this does not go against the character of God. Because again, the verse in Isaiah said, when Jesus came, he would bring salvation to the Gentiles. God did not change anything. He revealed what was already known.
1: And anytime that Paul would preach, or Jesus would teach and preach, they would use Old Testament scripture. So to base off, you know, what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that that's important too. It wasn't just new. They actually quoted the old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it brings up this question. Why keep it a secret? (laughs) Let's read verse 10. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan." plan. Which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord, and I got the tingles. <laughs> I got the tingles, folks, when I read these verses today.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it made me like
0: oh. the tingles, Joy.
1: Well, I don't know that I got tingles, okay. but it was like, oh, like I, I had this thought of, of um, you just don't think about now. To my knowledge, when he says uh, to display the wisdom a rich variety. Uh, all To all the unseen rulers and authority in heavenly places. To me, what he's saying is all of God's angels.
0: The good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: And all of the demonic. Yeah. Like to me, all of them. I want to show them and display my wisdom. And I'm going to use the church to do mm-hmm. that. Like So when I read that, it was that I think what was like, that new revelation for me is the thought of, wow, like you don't think about them being curious about what God's doing. (laughs) You know, we're, we're kind of on this side of it going, Oh God, I wish I understood you better. I wish Mm -hmm. I knew. And yet here it is. He's given us everything. Mm -hmm. And so they're watching this play out. You know, it even reminded me. So if you go to chapter two, verse seven, Mm -hmm. it says where God says, God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness. So it's like, yeah. I'm going to show you my grace and my kindness by what I do for them. First um, Peter one twelve says it is also wonderful. What he's re- referencing here is salvation. Yeah. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. I think we talked about that in a po- podcast one time, but it's this thing of like, you just don't even visualize or think that, that, Heaven and, and all of hell is like eagerly waiting. What's he yeah. going to do? Yeah. How's he going to do this? And yet, God says, I want to display my wisdom through the church. Who is the church? We are the church. Yeah. Like, it's, it's mind blowing that yeah. he wants to use us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just uh, amazing. So he says, uh, in in this translation, he talks about the um, the rich variety of his wisdom. Mm-hmm. in another translation it says the the manifold wisdom. yeah and All manifold does not refer to that part in your car. Um, I, don't even know <laughs> I what
1: wouldn't man, think that anyway. <laughs> I don't even know what a
0: manifold is, but um, I just know it's a piece part of an engine. <laughs> so anyway, um, but manifold wisdom that that terminology it refers to uh, so the example the commentary gave is it refers to like the beauty of an embroidered pattern. Mm-hmm or the variety of colors in a flower. Mm-hmm. And it just talks about the, the it's really Intricate. the la- the layers yeah. and just the layers of detail. Yeah. And so here, when it talks about the the manifold wisdom <laughs> of God displayed through the church, mm-hmm. it, it really is this, it's like God is peeling back another layer in his plan for redemption right. of humanity. And what does he do? It's like... It's like, it's not that the angels are doubting God, but they're standing around going, what is happening right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, I think we can all relate to that, mm-hmm. of just looking at things going on and just going, what is what's happening? I believe God's in control, but what in the mm-hmm. world? And then all of a sudden, this happens. The Jews and the Gentiles come together, yeah. and they form the church. The church is formed in the book of Acts, yeah. and the apostles are going around. People are being saved. People are being healed. Miracles are happening. Faith is growing. People are coming to Christ, and it's absolutely amazing, and the church is forming as the body of Christ, and it's like God just turns to the angels in heaven. He turns to the fallen angels. He turns to Satan Mm -hmm. and goes, bet you didn't see that coming, did you?
1: Because, again, and we know from Scripture that Satan accuses the brethren. Mm -hmm. He accuses Mm -hmm. God's people, right? Yeah. So it's this thing of, like, imagine Satan's just like, and we know this in the story of Job. That he comes and he's like, oh, Joe, you know, he's not such a good guy. You know? yeah. And so it's this thing of like, you really, de- you see and develop this idea of like, they are, they, they are witnesses mm-hmm. of what God's doing.
0: Yeah. And, and so in this, in this, it's like God says, okay, I'm going to establish the church mm-hmm. through Jesus. Mm-hmm. They are going to be his body. It is now the body of Christ. We are the hands, the feet and everything in between of Jesus to go and to do what Jesus did. Right. That was the commission of Jesus, right? To go into all the world, preach the gospel. But he also told the disciples, everything I've done, you're going to do even greater things. Right. You're right. going to carry on the work of the ministry. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to yeah. equip and empower you yeah. to do all yeah. of these things. You're going to do great things. And, and so it, the impression that you get here is that the angels, Satan, fallen angels, they all knew that Jesus <laughs> would come. They all knew that Jesus would come and that he would... He would die and forgive people. But they didn't know about the unity of believers right. forming this body of Christ. I don't think they ever saw that coming. That's mm-hmm. the impression that you get. Mm-hmm. Is how is this going to sustain? Because, I mean, I thought Christ was the climax of everything. I thought that was the climax of everything. And God's like, no, mm-hmm. I got a bigger plan because mm-hmm. God so loved the world yeah. that he sent Jesus. And so Jesus, uh, they, you know, Jesus ministered to about 100 square mile, a radius of about 100 square miles. There was more people than that, right? And so God's like, I need a plan. So what's the plan? I'm going to form this church, mm-hmm. the body of Christ, and it's going to take the gospel mm-hmm. even further than Jesus could yep. while he was on this place, right? And but there needed to be a rallying point, a, a focal point. What was the focal point? Jesus. Yes. If you believe in Jesus. So this was the tingly part. <laughs> it's just, uh, just how important is the church? Yes. yes. And this this was it for me. Like just how important is the church. Yes. And it's almost across the board, in North America anyway, church is in a decline. Church attendance is in a decline. And people will say, well, I have my own faith. I have my own relationship with God. I don't need to be in a church. I don't need to be a part of a body of believers. Me and God have our own relationship. And while that can be true, this speaks to the importance Mm -hmm. of the church. God chose the The church. church to illustrate his wisdom. Yeah. He wanted to point, and this is, this is what I think is illustrated in the church. Looking at that time, this is what's illustrated in the church, is he took what was once divided yeah. and made it united. Mm-hmm. He took two groups of people that spent thousands of years killing each other, mm-hmm. and he brought them together in unity. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what the background was. It didn't matter where they came from. It didn't matter what language they spoke. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, died and rose again? And if you do, if you will make him your Lord, you're part of the body. Mm -hmm. And we watch these two, they begin to function as a body in agreement of that one thing, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I read in one commentary, it said it this way, that he would use the church to display his wisdom. So that phrase, the commentator explained it this way. It was like the church has become a theater for the angels to watch the plan unfold.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's like the angels in heaven sitting up there with popcorn, (laughs) watching the church going, and God just going, see, this is what I've been trying to do. Mm -hmm. This is what we've been building up to. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to get us to the next thing. Yeah. The next thing. The church is the next mission. And the church was God's big reveal Mm -hmm. of his plan, that this is what, it's like, this is what I wanted. The church, and so because of that, we are to illustrate mm-hmm. our role as the church is to illustrate the plan of God.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is why it's crucial for us to be a part of the church yeah. and be united as a church.
1: And how often do we take it flippantly?
0: Mm-hmm. How
1: often do we take it just like, okay, I'll take it or leave it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the church should exhibit freedom. Love. It's, uh, this, it was this thing of we should, we are supposed to be jesus mm-hmm. and i know we say that all the time but we are literally to be the body of christ if we take this and, and i don't know it was like a revelation <laughs> to you guys um it's like this is what god wants to illustrate through us is jesus to the world yeah. united and so this is what it, the church should exhibit freedom yeah it should exhibit love it should exhibit unity um uh, power to overcome mm-hmm. it should exhibit power healing worship Obedience, humility, service, surrender. Mm -hmm. We should be Jesus. And as people look at the church, they shouldn't see division and arguments and people being petty with one another and be offended with each other and the differences over, oh, I don't think that word should be there and that word should not like that. King James only. Like it shouldn't, we shouldn't be letting music divide us and all these other little things divide us, but instead we should be displaying the unity of being brothers and sisters, children right. of God in Christ, equal right with one another.
1: And and to some people they may hear that and it's like that's too overwhelming for me. But how it works is that Jesus is the head. Yeah. Or or in the, the example of the temple, he is the cornerstone. So it's this thing of like, don't get overwhelmed because you are not doing this in your own strength. Yeah, You are doing this um, by putting God as the head, by founding your life on that cornerstone of faith in him. Um, so I just, yeah, I would encourage, don't get overwhelmed by that, but take the responsibility of being the church seriously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to stop You're it there. Stop. I know that's not like the end of the <laughs> section, but I thought it was a good stopping okay. point because I don't know about you guys. The church, guys, because
1: he's sitting beside me.
0: Well, I mean, I, let's not talk about that. <laughs> All right, we need to move on now. Not What's that? It did, it got awkward. Joy took it to a weird place. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna stop it there. Yep. We're, gonna, we're gonna finish out chapter three on next week's episode. And guys, I just encourage you to go back, read this over and over. Mm-hmm. And just this is to me, this is what happens when you just begin to peel scripture back yeah. verse by verse. Okay and soak it in and allow it to say what it says. And just that it all started with that pause by Paul. It's like, yeah. man, this dude just like something happened. Like he just had a thought trigger. yeah. And I just, I did. I took it as man, I got, well, he got overwhelmed by guys. Do you even understand the significance yes. of what okay. I'm talking about right yeah. now? The church is vital. The church is God's illustration mm-hmm. of the plan that he put in place in Jesus. Mind blowing. It's good. You can be a part of it. Be in church. All right. Listen, guys. Thanks so much for listening, for watching today. Again, we ask you to follow, subscribe, leave a comment, rating, whatever you got to do to get the word out there. Share this episode. Uh, Share it with somebody that maybe is wondering what is the importance of church. Yeah. It's important. It's uh, you know, maybe it's become too much of a secret. Let's get the secret out there. All right. Let's reveal the secret. It's important. It's the illustration of God's wisdom lived out through our lives Mm -hmm. with one another Mm -hmm. finishing the work of Jesus all right guys thanks for being with us and uh, we'll see you next week on lunch with PB&J